0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, copyright 2020, Campari American, New York, New York, never compromise, drink responsibly. Napa know how! A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how.
2: All right, let me. I'll I'll throw this out here. If, no could be the key if anybody if anybody wins the big GPP uh, for DraftKings with a Bruin Kevin Doyle lineup, I will pay you a hundred
3: dollars. <laughs> I'm definitely making a lineup for
0: yeah, yeah. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpack, and Jamie Basil.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, senior soccer editor of Rotowire.com. We're talking Major League Soccer right now with JD Bazo and Skylar Redpath. Guys, the first weekend of Major League Soccer begins tomorrow. We're taping this Thursday night, so Friday night um, is the big kickoff of Portland hosting Minnesota United. Um, we have a number of different slates uh, on DraftKings. We haven't really seen any uh, of the other bigger DFS providers jump in on Major League Soccer yet, um, although Skyler keeps putting pressure on them, so hopefully that works. Um, But we've got uh, a quick two-game slate to start us off. It's this Portland-Minnesota match, and then Saturday 2 p.m., Columbus hosting Chicago. Um, JD, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I assume the answer is Diego Valeri, but is Diego Valeri your best play from this two-game slate?
2: uh yeah if it, we weren't thinking about price he would probably be the best play but i think um i've tried to throw together a lineup and it's pretty difficult to justify valeri when there's a lot of talented uh, attacking players on here that you could fit uh fill every single attacking spot with with great value if you ignore valeri so it, it's a tough toss-up especially in cash games because valeri is kind of a, a favorite there so have to think what everyone else is going to do and decide if you can downgrade to Blanco, who is fifty-seven hundred, which is exactly one half of Valeri's salary.
1: Oof, Skyler, how are you looking at Diego Valeri for this this quick slate?
3: Yeah, it's tough because it's like JD said when you look at a guy like Blanco, um, who could probably put up just as many points as Valeri at half the cost, um, and then you've got some big names going um, on that Friday, Saturday slate the following day for that Columbus Chicago game. So um, I'm probably going to end up with Valeri in my lineup because um, even, even with Valeria in there, then you can still slide guys like Blanco and um, you know, Kevin Molino. I think he's a fine play for this game. Um, I'm looking at several values on the slate right now. And it's, I think there's going to be a way to to get Valeria in. So I'll probably end up playing him.
2: Yeah, you can definitely fit him, but if I think if you want to go with like an all-Timbers defense, which I kind of like right now looking at it, um, I think they're a, a solid bet for a clean sheet, maybe one of the better ones on the whole weekend. And then <clears throat> their two fullbacks, uh, Vitas and Alvis Powell, have been very good offensively in the preseason too. So it's it's kind of hard for me not to stack Timbers defense in this one. Um, maybe look at a guy like Harrison Offal, who's even more expensive, or Brandon Vincent down at, uh, 4,000, I think, or some other ones. Um, Columbus's other fullback Yuka Rytala, but, um, I don't know. It's really tough not to go with those Portland guys in the back and they're kind of pricey. So if you want Fernando Adi, if you want someone like a calm, um, Ola Kamara who may or may not play, I think I saw he has concussion symptoms, but, um, yeah, it's, it's really, do you want to give up some of these other really big, uh, attacking names for Valeri? And I'm just, I'm not sure it's worth it.
1: The, the talk of Blanco possibly getting as many as Valeri, like that's, that's gotta be good. Like, are they going to split set pieces or is that just a, uh, because he could score?
2: As far as I can tell, it's going to be Valeri on set pieces still, but I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that Blanco takes a few or eventually works himself into a timeshare. But, um, I think I think kind of what Skylar was trying to say is like if you ignore the set pieces, they probably are about the same.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just have memories of Valeri's like twenty cross game last year. I think crosses were still full point at that time, so it was like yeah, even more. It seemed more like
3: of it was a, always at the beginning of the season. Too, totally, totally.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because Jack
2: Jewsberry Jack Jewsbury, started encroaching upon his duties.
1: Of course, it was Jack Jewsbury. Um, set pieces for Minnesota United. Is it Mo Saeed or they're going to let Molino it, do it?
2: Mo Saeed might not start, so okay. it, I think it's going to be Molino or uh, Venegas. Hmm.
1: Not that we really would think that they're going to get that many of them. <laughs> I
3: don't know I, I their don't attack know. actually looks pretty strong just from preseason. I think they'll give Portland a game. I still think the Timbers come out on top, but I, I don't think it'll be a there will be a pushover. Okay. I,
2: I I'm not too confident in them. I think a lot of their success in the preseason seemed like it came against uh, maybe not like full other MLS attacking sides. Um, maybe Heath was trying to get them some confidence by getting his starters in against the backups for the other team. Um, I didn't follow extremely closely, but I did follow a little bit. Um, I, I'm just not buying into it until I see it from Minnesota. I think they have a lot of promising pieces and some good depth up top, but I'm not sure they have a, a true game-changer Outside of maybe Molino, um, I th- I think he's a good value, and I think Venegas at 4,300, who's probably going to be playing uh, the ten role, is is also maybe even a better value.
3: Hmm. hmm. Yeah, he's looked good in preseason for sure. He's he's definitely raised a few eyes, and uh, one more value uh, from this game, I guess. Jumping back over to Portland, he's so tough to play in DFS, but apparently he's going to take on a bigger role in the Portland attack. Darlington Nagbe. <laughs> 4,600, and the thing about him too that that makes him attractive is that he's got that midfielder forward tag, which uh, looks like there were a few players that might have carried over from international play on DraftKings that uh, are kind of working into to MLS now with that midfielder forward designation. So, really allows you to kind of um, you know use those funds in other places if you want to go with Nagby, which I. I Def- definitely do not think he's a cash play but I think that you could probably throw him out in some GPPs
2: yeah by all uh, accounts he's been a lot more offensive they moved him out to the um the wing where he's uh kind of more of a natural fit before he had to play center midfield with Diego Chara and now they have um Guzma David Guzman they signed that's actually going to free Chara up to get forward a little bit so with those two kind of locking things down Nagby has a lot more freedom to to get forward and be creative.
1: I feel like i've heard this before about nagby
2: yeah all the time the <laughs>
1: season. i get it i don't
2: know I, he's never gonna bury like uh i mean 10 goals is a reach for nagby but i think he certainly could get uh just enough statistics against a, a bad team like minnesota to make it a worthwhile play hmm.
1: there was that time last year when valeri was out that he started taking corners and we got really excited and ugh i've i've fallen for that trap i know i'll fall for it again um columbus attack looks basically exactly the same as last season unless there's somebody well, i'm missing
2: is back and he right. looks much healthier than uh, any time last year maybe and uh, i think in the preseason he scored one one great goal where he was just really hustling for some crazy reason and pressuring atlanta united's goalkeeper and um the goalkeeper had a bad clearance and Pipa was like fully extending his leg uh, up to like his shoulder blocked it and the the ball ended up going in so the hustle's there i think he's hungry to have maybe one last big season with columbus um, so i mean that's going to really jump start the attack but he's he's just not the type of player that's going to fly around the field um, apart from that random act of hustle so should be interesting. Finley, a lot, a lot of people think is going to bounce back this year too, but I've always kind of been a, a skeptic of Ethan Finley. Mm-hmm.
1: Skylar, are the Chicago guys um, kind of pulling up for you? I'm looking like Nikolic or Deleu. I mean, Akam's obviously the one that we've seen uh, produce, but any of those guys that you think can play pretty well at Columbus?
2: Yeah, I, I really do trust Chicago's offense to start the year, and pretty much every single player in their offense. Um, behind them, they have Dax McCarty and Janino, who um, are just great passers. They're they're great at controlling the midfield, so it's really going to free the front four up to, to kind of go crazy, and they were in the preseason. They looked awesome.
3: Yeah, I love uh, Nikolic. I'm, I'm ready to see him get to work. I think he's uh... – Gonna be on a lot of my rosters this season. So, um, as far as that Friday Saturday slate, he's 7100 at comms 7900. Um, I actually like Nikolic better at that price. And uh, yeah, I mean he's he's probably one of the only plays from that game just because I am so high on Portland. Um, I'll probably have several of their players from that Friday night game, and then I I like the crew to get the job done at home and their season opener too. So. Um, it's going to be hard to work the fire guys in, but I guess if, if there are, are any plays from them, then I think Nikolic is the guy.
2: Yeah, to to me, I'm finding the Chicago fire plays more attractive than Columbus simply because uh, Columbus's guys were all there last season for the most part. Um, so their prices are kind of already fully realized where the value is kind of lying in the, the Chicago Chicago guys, Nikolic, and uh, I think Michael DeLeu, actually, he was there last year, but he never kind of broke out to really raise his price up, and by all accounts, he's having a a phenomenal preseason. He's kind of playing, kind of right off Nikolic as a second striker, um, maybe pulled back a little bit towards like a, a 10, number 10 slash striker hybrid role, and they say he's pressing really well, he's creating chances, and he's linking up with everyone really nicely. So, uh, He's 5,700, and I think he's going to be a, a great option for your second forward spot in, in your DraftKings lineups.
1: Do we think it's um, Arturo Alvarez taking corners?
2: Probably. Well, uh, no, is probably taking corners.
3: Okay. Hmm.
2: Because Janinho's not going to mix it up in the box, right. I'll tell you that. <laughs>
3: Huh. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Nikolic take some either. I know he was on penalty kicks in preseason, um, not 100% on set pieces, though. I
2: hmm. think I saw Janino take a penalty as well. I, I could be making that up. But, I mean, Janino has always taken free kicks when he's been in the league, and he's very good at them. He also has a, a really nasty long-range shot that he's shown off a couple times this preseason. Um So maybe he's a guy that they let Alvarez take the corners and then is kind of sitting outside the 18 to finish anything that bounces out there. I don't know. But uh, is an extremely quality uh, free kick taker.
3: Hmm. 4,200.
2: Yeah, I had him in uh, my first draft, and then I decided to kind of get Valeri out and see what I could do. And I'm still flip-flopping, but you don't really need a 4,200 if you can get Valeri out and replace him with Blanco.
1: Would you rather? I love this slate. Would you rather Janino at forty-two or Venegas at forty-three?
2: Um, I guess it would probably depend what players I was having around them. Like Venegas is kind of a one-off, but if I have a Chicago Fire forward, maybe I want to pair him with Janino. So, okay. So um, Nicholas, I guess if you Giannino really
1: or Venegas, and you're probably not
2: going up for Molino right that's I'm saying like Venegas is kind of by himself is like a you just want some exposure to Minnesota but um Janino I think is someone you have to pair with because unless he hits a really long range shot he's not getting like any action inside the 18 really
1: right right
2: so I guess Venegas if you just have to ask who's going to get more points
1: okay all right Uh, let's move on to Saturday which is the the biggest slate that they have um as Skyler has been passing around the photo or the screenshot of the MLS contests from two years ago they're not quite as big as they used to be but um were you guys surprised at the size of the the GPPs for the Saturday slate did you think they were pretty much where we thought they were going to be what were you thinking
2: I don't really know I try not to think about it too much because it I just remember back when they were bigger and uh it makes me a little upset but <laughs> i think the the top prize in the four thousand dollar um big gpp is only two hundred dollars which i th- found surprising but i guess they want to even out the the payouts to encourage more people to keep playing as the season rolls along right um so it's whatever i don't think it's reasonable to max out with 45 entries when you can only win $200 for first.
3: Mr. MME? Yeah, I, think the, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will probably have several entries in that. I don't know if I'm going to max enter, but um, I think the prizes are, are pretty reasonable for opening weekend. I, I think just uh, with the history and uh, just kind of the, the MLS fan base at this point, then it's still a little bit of a feeling out process i do think there's going to be hopefully be more players uh coming around this season because i I think overseas is still getting uh, a little bit more involved in this and that and i think people are getting a little more more interested in mls in general so um, i hope that we see it continue to grow i think the the prizes for opening weekend though are pretty spot on i mean i think they'll fill i think that uh the 4k season opener will fill and uh, Sunday's got some some pretty nice con- size contests too. So, you know, it's nothing. Uh, you're not going to get rich playing the opening weekend, but it's something that you know it's it's something that those of us who love to play MLS will definitely um, get out and play for. So, yeah, they Looking they also they just have a ton of slates. I
1: mean, even just Saturday, they've got two Premier League slates. They have a Liga MX. They'll probably have an interleague. So, I mean, I, I as much as we'd love to see like bigger MLS um you know guaranteed pools there's there's only so much money they're gonna put into soccer as a whole anyway so um right I don't know but anyway let's dive into these games um the first one on the schedule uh is la hosting uh Dallas which is kind of a weird one to have a West Coast game start the start the slate but um uh, I'm gonna keep referring back to jd's article which was posted uh today jd had a great breakdown uh, of every game and then some players from each one which uh, i'm sure everybody would love to read every week jd um but uh, (laughs) (laughs) you um i was not quite as uh confident about the, the Galaxy, just because you guys were so high on on FC Dallas for the season. Obviously, it's still early. They're, they've been playing some Champions League. And then I was a bit surprised to see Giovanni Dos Santos kind of lead your favorite plays. Um, what makes you like him but not necessarily love the Galaxy?
2: Well, the Galaxy right now have a, a very weakened defense. Their fullbacks are, are both missing, Ashley Cole and Robbie Rogers, and their backups are either guys that they just brought up in the the preseason from their um, Los Dos, their USL team, their developmental team, or uh, a guy like Rafael Garcia, who's not even a right back by trade, and fans have been really panicking with him back there in the preseason. So I think Dallas is really going to control a lot of the game, but Los Angeles is stacked offensively. They have Gio Dos Santos, they have Sebastian Leggett, who's, only growing as a, a great player that could push himself into the maybe MLS uh, best 11 at the end of the year. He's a good midfielder, just broken with the U.S. national team. Um, Romaine Alessandrini is maybe still getting a full 90 uh, worth of fitness. He might be out there for 70 or so, but he's a true winger. They're not going to stick out Jossie Zardes or Gio Dos Santos anymore, who kind of dogged it defensively. Um, So I know they just have a lot of guys that I think can play in the front half of their formation. And then in the middle, you've got Jermaine Jones. Um, Chances he plays a full season are pretty much zero, but for now he should be fine. (laughs) And Jao Pedro might be their best player after Dos Santos, really promising kind of defensive midfielder that's really going to control things. So I think they'll create plenty of chances, but they're also just going to give up plenty of chances. Hmm. And Dos Santos is going to be on all the free kicks. Maybe Alessandrini takes a couple, but it, it's all going to run through Dos Santos. He doesn't have Robbie Keane to kind of stifle him anymore because they both kind of would make the same runs, like to play in the same spaces. Uh, now it's just the Geo show.
1: So, Skyler, you think that they're going to be able to recover from not having Steven Gerrard anymore?
2: <laughs> I want an easy I question. <laughs>
3: No, I mean, yeah, it is a very different – it's a different-looking team without Robbie Keane, so uh. – Yeah, and they're they're going to be missing Zardes, too, to start the yep. season off. So it's they're they're going to be uh, – definitely have a new look to them to start the season at least. And um, one guy I'm looking at from this game, and J.D. mentioned him in his article, um, Ariel Lasseter, who's 3,600, I believe, is a forward on DraftKings. And I'm not sure he's going to start, but we'll know because it's the first game on the slate. Yep. And he's a guy that will definitely. I mean, that that second forward slot is going to be uh, real tricky, especially if you're trying to squeeze in Javinko, who's in the next game. I'm sure we'll we'll touch on him, but I mean, that's that's a pretty cheap, that's like minimum price forward right there, right off the bat. So definitely, will um, a lot will hinge on that. And he's had a pretty good preseason too. A lot of good feedback, just how active he's been mm-hmm. alongside Giordos Santos. So. Um, he's a guy that I'm going to be watching starting lineups um, come Saturday afternoon.
2: Yeah, and if it's not him, it's Jack McBean for only three hundred dollars more, and I think that would be fine as well. Wow.
1: And um, Skyler on the Dallas side, we obviously still don't have Maro Diaz, um, and other than that, though, it seems like they're they've got some some pretty good guys. Um, JD wrote a few up. Are there any that that jump out at you for this game, or do you think? it's not even worth going after to the Dallas guys playing at LA.
3: I'll probably be staying away myself. Um, there are definitely guys that will be, um, fantasy relevant throughout the season. And there's some, some very good values. If you do want to go, go there. Um, JD mentioned, uh, Roland llama. Um, he's very active on the wing, gets up and down, um, swings and crosses. He's able to take some shots too. And, um, Kellen Acosta is a guy that's had a really good preseason as well, and I think with um, – I'm not sure if uh, Javier Morales is going to start, but if he doesn't, then Kellen Acosta is probably going to be the guy on set pieces. Um, other than that, maybe Hernan Grana in the back. He's uh, not sure if anybody remembers him from a couple years ago. I think he played like two or three games with the crew and then got homesick and, and went back uh, <laughs> went back he to his, his home country.
2: He played 7 outstanding games for Columbus. He was one of the best fullbacks in the league when he was here. Yeah, yeah. very good. Yeah.
3: yeah. But he's he in some fantasy lineups of mine and probably JD's too, but um I don't know. He I think he's isn't he having around 4, 000... 4000
2: 4100 I think. Yeah,
3: 4100, yep. so that might just be a little bit too much for me to to play him on the road at LA first first game of the slate.
2: Yeah, so it's worth noting that Dallas just played last night in the second leg of CONCACAF Champions League, and uh, it's worth checking out the lineups, seeing who played and how long in that game. Uh, Javier Morales, for instance, started. I think he may have played most of the match or maybe 60 minutes, and then he came off. Um, so I, I highly doubt he's going to start. It looks like they're going to play a four four two, where he's kind of the super sub off the bench anyway. Um, there's just going to be a lot of rotation with Dallas. We're going to have to be cautious as we, we move along, but they l- legitimately have two starters at every position. I mean, they're that deep, probably the deepest team in MLS history, and they're also the youngest team in the league. So kind of everything is is really looking good for Dallas this year. I think Christian Coleman, he came off the bench last night. He could really break out and be one of the better strikers in the league. He's 5,400, so that's kind of a guy – I'm really looking at in this match, he's six foot, pretty big. He's also just very fast and it, by all accounts, he's a a good finisher. So
1: Mo went 90.
2: Oh, he did. So, um, maybe it was Acosta. Acosta (laughs) Acosta went
1: 63.
2: Yep. Acosta went out for Paxton Pomichol, who, uh, very young, promising guy. That's probably minimum price. I imagine. Uh,
1: I would imagine as well, but yeah, he is. Yeah
2: so the the wings here i i mentioned how bad los angeles was at the fullback spot i th- i think it would be kind of crazy not to consider a fc dallas winger they're hungry to kind of repeat they got two two championships last year they missed out on mls cup they're gonna go for the uh, trio this season
1: um skylar what's a reasonable expectation for uh drini like is he a I don't want to say a guaranteed double digits, but or is he more goal dependent? Like what's what kind of player are we looking at here?
3: Yeah, I think double digits is is to be expected from him. Um I just I don't know without I've seen him a little bit in preseason, but just without seeing in an actual game how he fits in with Dos Santos, um, still a little bit of an unknown to me, so I'm I'm probably shying away from him, but I think eight thousand, if you want to Wanna play him, I think it's a pretty good price tag. I think we could see him creep up close to ten thousand by the end of the season.
2: I think Alessandrini, the good approximation is Ignacio Piatti. once he gets his feet under him.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: But still it's one of yeah, one of those that like he can explode at any point. Although Piatti was so consistent last year despite not
2: For the first half. Then the second That's half true. he was very inconsistent, frustrating. Yeah. There was a I think he went on a big stretch of games where he didn't even have double digits. Right. But yeah, Piani's pretty up and down, just because he's he's more goal dependent and he's not quite as much of a creator. I mean, even though you watch him and he creates a ton of opportunities, but fantasy wise, he's yeah. It could be a, a quiet game where he gets maybe one or two shots off target and no crosses, or it could be a just a awesome game.
1: Yeah, his impactful games aren't necessarily DraftKings friendly, <laughs> other than the. That's
2: true. And that's goals. your typical uh your typical goal scoring winger that's not uh he's cutting inside more than he's getting crosses and he's not on set pieces. So yeah, that's just kind of the nature of the position, and there's a lot of those guys in MLS right now.
3: Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. that GPP play that you're you're looking at your lineup, it's looking good, and then he goes off for two goals and you see the guy that took him, you're like, Man, it's <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, why didn't that pick him up?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably because he wasn't playing in the late game, so you didn't uh, you didn't have yep. to hammer him. Um, the next game is RSL hosting Toronto. We'll see this one. Ideally, we see the lineups before um, before contest lock. So um, obviously, it brings us to the Do you go with Javinko um, at twelve thousand two hundred? It seems as crazy as it sounds. That seems pretty reasonable for Javinko. Um, <laughs> I feel like we were up to well over thirteen last year. Um, so, I mean, JD, you are usually one, I'm like, my gosh, he was at 14-5. Gosh. Wow. The C12, two is, is basically, I mean, he's a value play at this point. Um, but JD, do you play him at 12, two?
2: I think I'm going to play him. I think I, I wrote a good little, uh, piece in my article about him and how we're usually, I'm usually finding reasons not to play him, trying to weigh my, my options, um, thinking, is this a, a week where I can be different and fade him and get a leg up on everybody? So he is on the road this week, but at the same time, it's the first game. They lost MLS Cup. They're hungry. And there's so many values with these new guys we're talking about um, that aren't priced correctly yet, just because um, there's not any kind of stats to kind of feed the, the pricing system or however they do it Um and I think it's a good time to take advantage of uh, paying up for Javanko because there's a lot of value you can can get to round out the roster.
1: All right. I'm not even gonna ask Skyler if he's paying up for Juvanko because we always know he does. Um Skyler, I'm looking at Albert Rusnak though at five thousand. Um, you guys have both been pretty high on this guy. Is it worth paying seventeen two for the two of them?
3: Absolutely. I'm looking at my lineup right now, my just my initial build. Um, it's got Gashi in there too, which I'm I'm gonna have to do some work on it. But um, they're stacked on top of each other. I've got Snack and and Jivinko, um right there. So good. Uh, you called me out on that one. <laughs> um, but that's that's a really great price on Rosnack. It's uh, I think he's gonna be on some set pieces. If not, well, he'll probably split them with with Plata. But still at five thousand. I mean, that's he's you talk about a, a value play because of the pricing um, or some of the unknowns. And I think he's one of those. So he'll definitely be on my radar. If not, um, most of my lineups.
2: Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. I think it's Roosnock. Okay. Just,
3: no, I'm good. I mean, I'd there's, rather there's that.
2: about a, there's about a hundred names we're going to have to get down throughout the season. And that's, <laughs> that's one we can get out of the way, I guess now. Okay, good. Good. So I, I like him too, but I think he's, he's had a little bit of an issue kind of gelling with the team in the preseason. I think eventually he's going to get it together and be be awesome, but I wouldn't say he's a, a he's a guarantee here. He's definitely going to be in some of my lineups though.
1: Do we think Jordan Allen gets a run out?
2: Yeah, it sounds like he's going to start like, on the right wing. That's
3: what I thought. Yeah, yeah it 4, sounds 000. like he's had a good preseason. Yeah. He's uh priced pretty nice to 4000 or somewhere around there. The only bummer he's... is that he's
1: a midfielder.
2: Not a defender. Right. Yeah, I mean he he pretty much is a forward now. Yeah, they play, <laughs> right. So.
1: They're definitely they're they're right about it. Unfortunately, they were wasn't he a defender for most of last season? Yeah. Which you know obviously you definitely play him as a defender, but um.
2: Oh, do you mean did he actually play defense last? season? No,
1: no, no. no I know he oh, didn't yeah. actually play. But right, he was, he was, he was listed was. as right, as right,
2: a defender. Right. Um. He's kind of like a Nagby type where he's, it's every year. It's, oh, he's going to be good this year. Totally. He's a good fantasy play. And then most of the games are underwhelming. But it, it is a good price, and he's is really, really young. Um, he's an awesome asset to the U.S. youth national team. So uh, worth consideration, especially if you kind of maybe want to play URM of sissy and, and stack the RSL attack. But I don't know. Toronto's defense is just really good. So I'm not even thinking about this as a road game.
1: Yeah, I was kind of thinking that as well, that um I don't know, I just never it's not like they were playing at Colorado last year. We can get we'll talk about Colorado later, but it's not like playing at RSL is necessarily like a place that you go out of your way to avoid.
2: RSL's tough, but their defense isn't good, so yeah. Right. I mean they have a they have one of the better home crowds, but it doesn't matter when your center backs can't stop anything. <laughs> Justin Glad their best center back is not with the team right now. Right. It's with the US U twenties. Right, right.
1: Uh so if you're paying twelve two for Javinko, you're definitely not paying ninety five hundred for Josie. Uh is there anyone else from Toronto that gives I mean you wrote up uh Justin Morrow, who um
2: you're probably not getting him if you're getting Javinko yeah exactly. he's fifty eight hundred.
1: Right. So I mean is it so, is Toronto basically Javinko and or nobody else?
2: Well, they, they have two new signings, Chris Mavinga at center back, and they have Victor Vasquez Vasquez um at center attacking midfield who I mean he has a, a great pedigree, but it sounds like neither of them are gonna be available. Maybe Vasquez off the bench. Um so I don't know, it's gonna be like a Jonathan Osorio for five thousand or a Jay Chapman for thirty nine hundred or Armando Cooper, Cooper yeah. sixty one. What's that?
1: I was gonna say Cooper there, yep.
2: Yeah, Cooper. So I mean, the, those guys are all fully priced to their potential. They're not any kind of screaming value. Cooper would be fine, but I think there's just so many better bets on the slate.
1: Yeah, we almost got like, we almost found them out too much because of that long playoff run. So they had the extra games on DraftKings that like right. we, we know who they are and they're priced appropriately. Unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna have the guts to do it, but I think Josie might be a really sneaky good play this weekend. The RSL center backs just aren't good, and all the attention's gonna be on stopping Javinko. Like that's gonna be Kyle Beckerman is like dream to try and stop Javinko, even though he's twice as slow as he used to be. <laughs> uh, he's got so a bum I, knee
1: too, doesn't he? I'm pretty sure. Beckerman, yeah, he yeah. he
2: might not even play. That, right. that's true, which would be disastrous for. For RSL, because actually their other backup, Danilo Acosta, is with the USU 20s. So,
1: so who starts for Glad?
2: It looks like it's going to be Aaron Mond and Chris Schuller. Oh, okay. Chris Schuller yeah, was, was a really good center back two or three years ago, and then he had a, a pretty bad injury. So he's never kind of gotten back to full form. It sounds like they're, they're hoping he, he's going to be at least some percentage of what he used to be. But I don't think he's ever gonna get back to, to the guy he was. So mm-hmm. And Luke Maholland might play if Beckerman's out, which is is a definite loss defensively, as much as I like Maholland. So I don't know. I think Josie's set up really nicely, and obviously you're not gonna stack him with Javinko, but
1: You're totally it's, talking it's, yourself into it.
2: <laughs> maybe in like one tournament lineup. I was just about to say, ben, yeah. It's like I said, first place is two hundred, so how risky does it matter if you get I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> For what it's worth, Javinko's uh, I think, almost 50% owned in the FMLS season-long game, and that's kind of a daily fantasy barometer now since you get unlimited transfers every week, and uh-huh. especially since week one doesn't matter towards the season score. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to try and see what the DraftKings' ownership percentages are going to be, you could probably get pretty close, or at least in the ballpark, if you look at the uh, MLS season-long game.
1: That'll be real. That'll be really interesting to follow, to see if that actually. I would assume that like goal-scoring players have a better correlation. Uh, yeah, I mean I know you crosses
2: get... are less valuable. Right. Uh, I think you get one point for three. Right. And clean sheets are more valuable. Goals are more val. Well, I don't know.
1: I don't know if they're more valuable. I mean, they're you'll still know who who's going who's chasing yeah. goals basically
2: so yeah the scoring is different but I, at the same time I don't think it's different enough that it's gonna affect that type of stuff too much yeah so I think uh
3: the pricing would affect it more than more than the scoring but right I, yeah I, I see where you're getting at with that it's it's definitely kind of something that you can look at and see where players are, are kind of levitating to. so okay. yeah
2: arguably it's easier to fit Javinko in well I guess it's easy in both right now.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, all right. The next game is one I've been dying to talk about. It's um, Colorado. I'm serious about that one, actually. Colorado hosting the Revs. I mostly there are two guys I want to talk about from this game. Obviously, we'll touch on more. The first one is Kai Kamara at 5500. Um, Kai Kamara was worth 5500 at most most times last year. Um, that being said, he's still Kai Kamara. Uh, and fifty five hundred is awfully cheap. Um, I, I mean, mean, he
2: was priced in the nine thousands, yeah. even when he was terrible last yep. year.
1: Yep, that, it was like a, a a salary that wouldn't move because it was like, well, he's here's, got so much upside.
2: Here's what I want to know: Why was he priced that highly, and then an off season brings him down to fifty five hundred? Like, couldn't they have just escalated
3: it gradually based on his performance? It's, just, it's I'm kind of baffled by it. It's like I don't know how that happened. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so it's so weird to me. I mean, it's it's, it's almost like they're throwing in a play. To like, let's see if anybody. It is this,
2: on the road one. against last season's like most dominant defensive right. team. Right. Yep. But it's a total overreaction. <laughs> I mean, he's probably what Skyler. Uh, for this season in general, I'd put him around seventy-five hundred. Yeah, I'd say that's
3: fair to start. And maybe for
2: this week, seven thousand, because it's a tough, tough road
3: match. Right. So it's not. I mean, it's not a massive discount. It's not like I don't think it's, it's so gonna juicy. Make me, yeah, it's, it's definitely a juicy <laughs> play. I don't know that I'd still play him in cash though, because you know, Kai's the guy that could either, yeah. you know, Kai's got some donuts on his... up or, Yeah, or put two points up. He's,
2: yeah, he's had a really good preseason though. New England's offense seems to be clicking. It's if you thought I was talking myself into Josie, I'm really talking myself <laughs> into Kai Kamara.
1: I mean, that price is absurd. He's twelve hundred dollars more than El Haji Kamara. <laughs> I mean twelve hundred, that's that's they're basically the same. Um so yeah two years
2: the, ago he, he should have beaten Javinko for the golden boot, yeah. except he didn't take penalties. And they right. tied. And
3: they tied, yep. Um, so Andrew, you actually pointed this out um, when the pricing first came out, we were kind of, you know, kicking a, kicking that play around, like what's the deal? Is he hurt or what what's going on there? And you threw out there that Sebastian Latou is actually priced the same at fifty five hundred. Uh-huh. So that just kind of goes to show like some of the pricing discrepancy there. And Alan Gordon I was gonna say <laughs> there was another one, it was Alan Gordon, yeah. I mean and Christian
2: they're... Coleman is a hundred cheaper, which is ridiculous.
1: I mean, He's two hundred dollars less than Juan Agudelo. Like, like <laughs> something's not right here. Um, so, if that price is almost too good to pass up, what about six thousand dollar Lee Win? Jordan Cooper literally just smacked himself in the face hearing that. But <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's tempting, but I don't know. I, I still like uh, if you're going to pay that much, I don't mind paying that. 5700 for Tierney who I think is going to be on more set pieces maybe. I just I don't know with those two I, ever. I mean it's
2: Tierney got vote. hurt in the last game but it it's supposed to be very minor but still that would concern me a little bit.
3: Yeah, worth worth uh, monitoring for sure but I got that one
1: right once out of like 20 times last year. The yes, it's Tierney it's always a
2: tough call. Was Tierney that good last year?
1: No. Uh, he, yeah, he, I got he him right once. Games, he had one game but, where yeah I think Win was out. It was like a fifteen cross, two assists. Then he had a free kick goal. It was an incredible game. Totally sucked me in for the rest of the year.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. There might just be there that defender that he might not make my lineup. So I don't know. Win. I mean,
2: there's t- there's a lot of good alternatives to the the midfield options in that price range though for kai kamara i mean that's massive upside for a very cheap price so it's kind of two different situations yeah they're totally stackable if you want to go that route um i don't know how many people are going to have a new england stack at colorado
3: <laughs> maybe me and one of my guys. yep that's you
2: definitely me. have room for it if you're putting in 45 yeah yeah but uh line of number I mean, 43 not, I... has
1: the win kamara <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not a cash strategy. Let's put it that way. But I, <laughs> I don't hate it.
3: Ugh. Let's uh, throw Juan Agudelo in the mix too.
0: Ugh.
1: <laughs> I think you'd be better off going with like a Kellen Rowe, Diego Fagundes stack than <laughs> Agudelo and and Win.
2: <laughs> you really oh. don't like Win. <laughs> it's just I can't wait till you buy back in like you did last year. I
1: oh I'm so angry I did that. Ugh. And it to, and it burned me again. He just burned me again. That's why. I think I captained him in FMLS that week. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I went all in. Um,
3: oh. It's actually, I mean, it is, it is a good price, though. I'll, Stop. I'll win uh, bashing his side. It's a pretty good price.
2: That's a really fair price for him. I don't know that it's a screaming value.
3: I think yeah, that's where right, he should on be. on the road at Colorado.
2: Ugh.
1: Do you think he hits, like, 8,000 this year?
2: Oh, yeah. Re- Ugh. Okay. New England's gonna score goals. Okay,
1: yeah,
3: all I've right. got to do something after last season.
1: All right, um, let's talk about Colorado. Um, we had mentioned that Gashi is un or he's very questionable play. I had him in my. He was basically one of the first guys I had, and we had a little conversation earlier today that Baji might not start, um, and yet we're all really high on Baji if he does. Um, does Gashi sitting affect? Baji's position at all?
2: Yeah, he could be Like he's not going to slot into Gashi's spot, Gashi's but like, out. yeah. I, I think you guys are higher on Baji than I am. I like him as a player, but he's a little bit one-dimensional. He brings a speed element that Colorado really needs. Um, but he's not any kind of superstar, and he's 6,300, which is way, way above uh, what I expected him to be. So, I mean, he's fully priced to his potential – um he's not gonna bag like 15 goals in a season so I I like him but with Kevin Doyle up there with him I mean how excited are we gonna get (laughs) we're relying on Marlon Hairston to be like some kind of super winger that racks up 15 assists I like Hairston a lot he would be my preferred Colorado option if Gashi is out um but I just I don't like Colorado's attack and I'd Probably I'm not going to as long as their their biggest attacking addition in an offseason is Alan Gordon.
3: Okay. All right. Yeah, I like Baji a little bit more for the like the opening weekend challenge kind of differential play. He's six point five million on the actual MLS fantasy game, which I think is really cheap compared to some of the other starting forwards. So if he does start or if news comes out that he's gonna start because Obviously, uh, it's third or fourth game on the slate, we're not going to know. So he might be a guy that you could use like in a uh, switcheroo kind of setup. He's he's that cheap, so um, I like him more for that than than uh, playing him on DraftKings for sure.
2: Yeah, if pa- um, if Gashi's out, Dylan Powers is 4600 and might be taking free kicks. So I kind of like that that option too.
3: He might be. You know who else might be? Mark Birch? Mark Birch, baby. <laughs> yeah, he could be.
2: I like Birch this week. He's a he's a good play. He's priced right around where he was last year, maybe a little bit cheaper. And uh, he's fine. He's not
3: yes. going to like... <laughs> that That's the only he's time fine. I play him is if he's on sets.
2: My problem with him, yeah, he's his ceiling's just low, but most offenders are, so it's... It, it's whatever. He's gonna. He's a good clean sheet bet, probably. So,
1: after all, all that, talk tough. about tomorrow, I just want to
2: go totally differential and because everyone thinks Colorado is the best bet for a shutout, especially in the, um, yeah, the opening week weekend challenge that Skyler mentioned. That's the the MLS fantasy season long game. They're having kind of a one off contest in week one with some prizes. Or maybe a prize i don't know but <laughs> a prize is right <laughs> it's a good one pack. i mean yeah, yeah it's a sweet. it's a good prize pack so i think a lot of people are going to be on colorado and i actually heard a lot of people talking themselves out of portland's defense Hmm. which I I, realistically realistically portland's defense isn't great but in this game they have one of the best matchups of the weekend
3: yeah right and it's really you think about it it's other than uh See uh, Nat Borchers; it's not too different than last season. Set up towards right. the end of the year.
2: Well, Nat Borchers was out for most of the end of the year. Yeah, that's
3: true. Hmm.
1: All right, um, let's move to the next game. DC hosting Sporting Kansas City. DC looks biggest lo- toss up. Yeah. Biggest toss up of the weekend. Yeah, DC looks like what we saw last year, and it. I still can't decide if they overachieved or they did. Okay. Great. <laughs> and uh, Sporting Kansas City, um, are we really going to see Zuzi at right back? Is this where we're going here?
3: Looks like it.
2: And uh, the funny thing is Saad Abdul Salam is probably a top five right back in the league.
1: Look, why are they doing it?
2: I have no idea because <laughs> he's such a legend at the club. They can't just flat out get rid of him or bench him. And he's way too slow to yep. play the wing now. Yep. So they really upgraded their speed on the attacking wings and they just need something to do with Zusi, and he, he doesn't really fit too many places right now. Hmm. Gross. I'm not very confident in the experiment to have him play right back, but one bonus is he's listed as a forward and he's 7,300 in DraftKings, So we might never have to talk about him. <laughs> other, than, other than whoever's playing against him on the wing.
1: You don't think he goes on some Jimmy Madrondesque run of sending in a ton of crosses? And
2: that's the yeah, we have a lot to unpack with this team because Jimmy Madronda <laughs> is, has now lost his his left back role and is backing up pretty much every well he's backing up the ten and the eight roles in the midfield. He's probably not the the defensive midfielder backup, mm-hmm. but I um, think
3: they've got to find a way to get him into the starting lineup. And I've seen a couple of setups that actually have him starting week one. Where or so. We'll see. Where have I seen it? No, no. Oh, where no. Is, he where is he starting? Um, on the right wing. Oh, okay. Up top, kind of so like they're a not starting, 4-3-3 uh, setup.
2: They're not starting Latif
3: Blessing then. Um, I think I, it might be in in place of Fernandez. I don't know. Dwyer not, uh, I think Dwyer's, we have to
2: start Fernandez.
1: Dwyer might not play.
2: Blessing yeah. is like hundred and forty pounds and five foot seven or something. So he's like literally built like a high school kid. <laughs> I actually sent I sent you guys a picture. Um it was great. They didn't have enough kids at one of their preseason games to walk out like one kid to each player oh, on the team. <laughs> so Benny Failhaber and somebody else, I I think it was Dwyer. Dwyer and Failhaber grabbed Latif Blessing and made him act like the kid that they were walking out with. It was yeah. hilarious. It was great. I saw that. <laughs> and he Um, wasn't really that out of place no he
1: wasn't (laughs) every team has like a big kid on it and he just happened to be that big kid
2: (laughs) he uh he definitely could be a super sub latif blessing but i think madronda would be a an excellent super sub because he could fill literally over half the positions on the field i mean he's not gonna play striker he's not really gonna play the six and he's not really gonna play center back or keeper but that leaves the six other – every kind of peripheral spot or attacking midfield spot he can play, and that's pretty good.
1: So Skyler's just going to sit there hoping somebody gets hurt so that Midronda can
3: sneak into that starting line. Yeah, he's had a good preseason, so I think it would be hard for him not to. But, yeah, I see where JD's coming from too. Is I mean, as a super sub, then he's going to have those fresh legs, and he's just the type of guy that you – as a uh, opposing team, you hate to see coming into the match in like the sixty or 70th minute and just going to cause havoc for the last 20 or 30 minutes. But I don't know, man. I mean, the guy's a good – he seems like he's mixed in well with the attack. So it just – I don't know how they can keep him out. <laughs> I mean, I guess if if Blessing and Fernandez – he's even backed up uh, Benny Fel- Felhaber some kind of in that number – Yeah, in the number
2: 10. That's exciting.
3: So um. – it'll be interesting to see how it plays out but yeah it's it's something to probably avoid for the first week unless blessing starts he's three thousand on DraftKings, which is minimum price he's gonna get some points i mean he's he's definitely gonna pay off his his salary for sure
1: so with uh luciano costa it sounds like he's could very well miss out are we looking at lloyd sam on all set pieces Jared Jeffrey so. snagging some random corners like last if, year?
3: Yeah, if Acosta doesn't start, I think Sam is is on all set pieces. Most likely, yeah.
1: And do you think um, Patty Mullins has the best upside from D.C.?
3: Him or Sam? Um, yeah, I'd say it's Sam, but Patty Mullins at home in a home opener, I think, is, is a good bet to uh, bag a goal. Um, don't know if I'm all in on him, but I, I, a lot of people are pretty high on him for the first week, so I, I'm not going to argue against that, but 7,100 on DraftKings, he might make a couple of GPP lineups for me. Hmm. Um, so would you rather Sam or Failhaber?
2: Failhaber.
1: Sam for me. Hmm.
2: Failhaber is going to have a huge year.
1: Well, I don't care if he has a huge year. I want to find out if he's having a huge Saturday.
2: <laughs> well do you know that sean franklin is now a converted center back yes yeah
1: converting well, con- i would even call it
2: <laughs> yeah converting to center back i'm not sh- for some reason ben olsen really really thinks he can play there um he's really not that big so i i don't know but nick de Leon is now right back and he's a converted midfielder um so maybe they're trying to kind of get a back three when they're on offense and send daily up a little bit more. I don't know, but Ben Olsen does more with less than any other coach in the league. And it's downright impressive. So I I'll trust him, but DC United's defense doesn't scare me that much. And for that matter, Kansas city is known as being a good defensive team, but I think they're going to struggle to start the season.
3: I'll throw out one more. Sorry. Go on. Skylar. I'm just going to throw in one more value pick from D.C., um, but you'll have to keep an eye on starting lineups. We talked about uh, Latif Blessing at 3,000. On the other side, if um, Acosta is out for D.C., then Ian Harkes could be slotted in, and he's 3,000 as well. Wow. Um, was J.D. mentioned him in his article. He was last year's uh, Herman Award winner, uh, basically College Player of the Year. So he's a guy that's had a pretty good preseason as well, and um, I think that he could – crack the starting lineup if the out so he might be a worthwhile play did jack harrison win that the year before um it or might have been jordan the- morris the year before uh yeah it
1: probably was
3: jack
2: harrison i yeah he kind of came out of nowhere there for i didn't think that he was player of the year but you could be right i don't know and that's not something i follow super closely mm.
1: Harrison was the number one pick in the draft. That's all I remember. Right. Yeah.
2: New York City, like, will pay any sum of money to get that generation Adidas player. They now have three of them. <laughs> and there's only probably, like, 10 in the league tops. Yeah. Um, so, but that's, like, a free off-the-salary-cap roster spot, essentially. So, yep. it's it's a good idea.
1: Yeah. Good call. Um. All right. The next game, Um. I think you could easily call it the biggest of the night. It's a Will Bruin revenge game, Houston hosting Seattle. Uh, Jordan Morris, speaking of Jordan Morris, is questionable with an ankle injury. If he doesn't play, Bruin leads that line.
3: Skyler, what do you think? Will Bruin, baby. Uh, <laughs> that's another GPP play for me. If he's if he's starting, <laughs> um, even if, I don't know, I mean, he's... What, it's his price tag on 6,200. He's
2: 6,200, and he averaged 2.8 <laughs> points per game last year.
3: But he's going back home, so it's, a, it's that revenge <laughs> factor.
2: Back where he averaged 2.8 <laughs> points. <laughs> he's... Granted, a lot of those were substitute appearances, <laughs> but if you put me on for 20 minutes, I think I could average 2.8 points.
3: <laughs> he scored some goals in his day in Houston. Didn't he have a string of, se- of like double-digit goal seasons there for a little while?
2: How many's a string? Two?
3: And how long is a while?
2: <laughs> he probably did, yeah. I mean, he's been a good goal scorer, but Skylar, I think you sent us a clip of the preseason where he oh, man. literally <laughs> missed a, a wide-open far post. He had half the net from, what, eight yards away? And he yeah, tried was, to get fancy, bad. and it was really bad. Um, the other thing about Seattle, I mean, Will Bruin's going to have his moments in this offense just because – Clint Dempsey's there. Nick Ladero's there. Uh, If he ever gets to play with Jordan Morris, that's taking a lot of attention off of him. So he's going to have some goals. Um, He's just for 6,200, that's insane. (laughs) And especially when Nick Ladero and Clint Dempsey don't know how to play with each other. I mean, they play the same position. One plays it much more energetically and effectively. But uh, I really don't know how Seattle's attack is going to work. It's gonna work somehow, but it might not live up to its potential just because of how Clint Dempsey throws a wrench into everyone else's role.
1: Mm-hmm. Could they play Dempsey in the ten this week?
2: Like in Morris's call? They Starts. could, and then Ladero has to move to the wing, but Ladero will not stick to a position. He is going yeah. to float where he feels like as well he should. Yep. So then you have essentially two guys playing in the ten. They may as well go with a Christmas tree formation.
1: <laughs> um, Will Bruin is $100 cheaper than uh, Baji.
3: Would you rather Baji, JD?
2: Yeah, even if he starts on the bench.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I like Baji better too. Just the home matchup. Um, what do you, you were like just saying is a Will Bruin home game, basically. It's a homecoming game, but I actually uh, – I I might have Bruin in a, a GPP lineup or two if I throw in several entries, but
2: – You would um, need to give me 90 entries instead of 45, and I still don't think he would make it.
3: You might slide Kai it.
2: Kamara is 700 cheaper. Uh, there's mm-hmm. just so many other good options, but Kevin well, Doyle
3: – Kai Kamara lineups too.
2: Kevin Doyle is a hundred dollars cheaper, and I think I might prefer Kevin Doyle.
0: <laughs> if
1: you went uh, with think if so. you went with Doyle or Bruin and um, Kamara, you could do like a Ladero dos Santos midfield.
2: <laughs> just saying. No, because Doyle, you couldn't. You would need Gashi or something. I don't know. Oh, you mean in terms of? I see what you mean. Uh, in if terms wanted... of just expensive players, I yeah. thought you meant stacking them. <clears throat>
1: oh no, no, no. I if, mean, if you want to go heavy on midfield, because it seems like most people have Javinko, so you're not going to have right. two big-time midfielders. We, All right, let
2: me i'll I'll throw this out here. If Bruin could be the if anybody if anybody wins the big GPP uh, for DraftKings with a Bruin Kevin Doyle lineup, I will pay you
3: a hundred dollars. <laughs> there we uh, go. I'm definitely making a lineup. Yeah, that I was combo just about to say yeah. It's literally fifty
1: fifty percent of the GPP winning right that there.
3: That could actually happen if they both start. They could win a GPP with
2: Will Bruin and Kevin Doyle.
3: If, if both put well, yeah. If both player, if both players start, I could see it happening. So two hundred dollars from <laughs> DraftKings and 100 a hundred from GD. All right,
2: yeah, everyone else, you're well. You're welcome. Skylar is throwing an extra four bucks into the pot <laughs> for us. That's
3: right. Uh, oh man, that's I think. Uh, one of the things that's well, other than just not being a super enticing play, that's kind of throwing me off of Will Bruin is Houston's goalkeeper keepers are super cheap. They're priced like road yeah. goalkeepers. They're playing at home, whereas Seattle's keepers are priced like their home keepers. So, um, I'll probably be playing a lot of. I guess it's gonna be Tyler Derrick. Like I Derek, think Joe yeah. Willis is ruled out already. So thirty six hundred. It's Uh, Home goalkeeper at minimum price. I mean, yes, Seattle's got the attacking firepower, but um, that's kind of the situations that you're looking for is a a cheap home goalkeeper, and that fits the bill. Yeah, it's mostly the only way that doesn't pay off usually is if
1: they get blasted, and I'm just not sure I see enough from this Seattle lineup, especially if Morris doesn't play, that they're going to score three or four goals. Right.
2: if Morris plays I can definitely see three or four goals only because Houston's defense is really bad maybe the worst in the league
3: uh could maybe. the team ever let in four goals on their home opener I mean other than like a expansion team that's something that probably Houston I mean finding out. It,
2: it wouldn't surprise me at all there's been enough home openers
1: Houston was pretty good at the beginning of last season at home weren't they
2: it few. doesn't it doesn't matter. They <laughs> went they started really hot and everyone yeah. was like, Oh my god, they're awesome. Red Bulls suck because Red Bulls started That's right. That's bad in right. the first six games. It's like just watch the teams. Houston is <laughs> so bad. Andrew wanger is like on an M V P pace through three games. <laughs> That's uh, right. But I mean, come on. I mean, wow. people were down on the Red Bulls. Are we people sure? Thought, Are- we had fantasy experts out here denouncing the Red Bulls and bringing Andrew Wenger onto their MLS (laughs) season-long team. Ridiculous. Are
1: we sure uh, Houston in March is not the same as Colorado on July 4th?
2: Yes, Houston is not good this year. They have two Galaxy washouts uh, (laughs) at center right back and right back uh, that didn't even play when everyone was healthy last year. Uh, granted, AJ Delagarza is like one of the nicest guys in sports and a, a legend for the Galaxy.
1: He would be starting now for the Galaxy too.
2: <laughs> right now he would. They're really yeah. mad he left because they need that spot. But I mean, he's not a a t- uh, even top seventy five percent MLS right back right now. And Leonardo is not a top seventy five percent center back. And then you have Adolfo Machado at the other center back role. He's never played an MLS game. He's uh a CONCACAF region international and then DeMarcus Beasley who talk about old um <laughs> he's at left back so this is a strange back line um they also have a new guy at center defensive mid I don't know how it's all going to work out but I can tell you it's probably not going to be great they're going to Houston's going to need to put up goals and they have some potential to do that but um I, it could would you like a, to talk
1: about Cubo then
2: Kubo, is uh he's between two really quick wingers now and he's with the coach that uh got him a seventeen goal season as a rookie. 40, so forty
1: five hundred.
3: Wow.
2: I'm not trusting him in this one because uh Seattle center backs are phenomenal. Roman Torres and Chad Marshall. Uh I just want to see it from Houston before I buy in to cubo torres actually i want to see it from cubo too because he's he's getting hyped as scoring all these goals in the preseason but like three of them were on their minor league affiliate in one game (laughs) so can we really hype that up as cubo having a great preseason (laughs)
1: um skylar is there anybody on seattle other than uh ladero like i i guess really the question is um would you play dempsey if he starts
3: Probably not. Um, I just I don't really like too many plays from from Seattle this week. I don't know what uh, it's one of those gut feelings again. I think Houston's going to come out and make a statement in their their season opener. So um, I'm oh shying my gosh. away. From, yeah, I'm shying away from from Seattle, and I actually really like uh, a few Houston plays uh, better oh. than Seattle. So that's kind of where I'm going with that. Wow. Like who? Uh, Kyoto is pretty high on my radar. Um, just yeah. We mostly were both
2: because, discussing him.
3: Yeah, mostly because of that midfield forward designation. He's another one of the handful that have that. And uh, you talk about cubo at 4,500, Kyoto's 4,700, and I feel like he's a little bit of a safe, safer play. Um, just because I think he might be on some set pieces, and he just seems like he's got a little bit more of a floor than Kubo might. Kubo's that guy that might pop in with a, a pair of goals and have a pretty big day but I think Kyoto is the safe play if you're looking at Houston
2: yeah and Albert Elise has looked amazing uh just in terms of being a a speedy guy on the wing a lot of people can't keep up with him but I don't think he's much of a, a stat accumulator but he might open things up for for Kubo and Kyoto I don't know Houston's tough I think I was trying to figure out who's taking their free kicks and every time I watched a preseason feed uh Vicente Sanchez was in who's 37 years old and is not gonna start and he took all of them so I don't know. Kyoto's probably a good bet but then there's Banya Garcia Alex can take some when he's in there mm-hmm. they don't really right. have a number they don't really have a number 10 so it's they're gonna be a counterattacking team that can't defend so riddle me that
3: <laughs> yeah no Bannya Garcia is one that could definitely step in and take some set pieces so. He's also super
2: with,
3: old. Yeah, just yeah, there's a pattern here. Yeah, I'm not saying to play. I'm just saying on Kyoto, then that that might make oh, you away yeah. from a little bit. So,
2: I mean, Houston uh, could be the worst team in the league this year, pretty easily.
3: Yeah, yeah, we'll see. It's again, just I'm not saying it's uh, definitely going to happen, but uh, MLS Cup champions coming into town for your season opener. You've made some kind of wholesale roster changes, not wholesale, but at least for your attack. So,
2: yeah. No, I, I hope they do well. It's probably going to take another year, but it is MLS cup champions versus the desert diamond cup champions.
3: There <laughs> we go. Woo.
1: Um, <laughs> final game in the slate, 10 o'clock Eastern kickoff, San Jose hosting Montreal, uh, impact, um, are very similar to what we saw at the end of last year, uh, minus one disgruntled Frenchman on the sideline. Um, We'll get to them in a second. Let's start out with the Earthquakes, who last year, for a while, were very good defensively at home. Um, They still have Wando to basically be the only one to score, it seems. Or do you guys think they get goals from someone else this year? I'm not sure I see a high-flying attack out of San Jose.
2: Danny Hosen is a, a 15 goal scorer in the Dutch Eredivisie, hmm. so I think he's he's a solid bet. Um, 5800. I think he kind of takes a lot of the pressure off Wando, but I San Jose is another situation where I'm going to have to see it to believe it. Um, Wando, uh, as much as I love him, is kind of a, a Dempsey type in that he throws a wrench into uh, any formation other than a four four two um Wando can't be the lone guy up top he can't be a number 10 he can't play the wing so he has to be this kind of second forward that's just opportunistic and that means San Jose's very deep and very talented midfield can't all get get on the field themselves um I don't know San Jose might be a team that if Wando got hurt like Dempsey and they brought in one other big player midseason they could really go on a run I hope it doesn't happen because I love Wando, but it's tough for fantasy purposes. He's too expensive, um, and you can't trust most of the other players.
1: How do you feel about him, Skyler?
3: Yeah, I think I'm interested to see how they line up to start the season. Um, four, they 4 they 2 bring, Yeah, they also <laughs> brought uh, Urena in, who uh, I'm not really super high on him just to start the season out, but I want to see how he fits into the team. Um, I don't think – I think he was kind of – I think he's Costa Rica maybe, and he's kind of had a rough past couple of seasons, not scoring many goals and that kind of thing. So maybe he's looking at this as a, a fresh start and somebody who could, like J.D. said, other than Hoson, open up some, some stuff for, for Wando or at least, you know, draw the attention of some other team – of the defenses. So um, other than those two guys that we mentioned, Jameer Haika, Hika – Where's the Where's the pronunciation guy, JD?
2: I actually don't know. I was just (laughs) assuming Hika, but I like Hika too.
3: (laughs) Yeah, so he's a guy that could could uh, raise some eyebrows, some eyes, and he's he's, uh,
2: the Albanian Messi is what they call
3: him. That's right. That's right. There we go. Um, Although
2: David Arshakian for Chicago is um the. The Russian Ibrahimović or something, and we all know how that's turned out. Armenian. He's the Armenian (laughs) Ibrahimović.
3: They're just giving away
1: nicknames left to right there.
3: I'll be watching those guys. Um, I'll have some Wando exposure opening weekend for sure. Um, But I think the play from this game, and J.D. mentioned him in his article too, um, he's a right back, minimum price Nick Lima And he's not a definite to start, but and and that's the tough thing because this is the last game of the night. But at 2,500 minimum price, frees up a lot of cash, and he's gotten some pretty good reviews in preseason too. So I'm I'm probably gonna look at Ross ram Not 100% exposure, but I want to. I definitely want to work some lineups in with them because I'll be able to work the big dogs in elsewhere.
2: Yeah. The really maddening thing about that is that Kip Colvey should be starting at left back. He started uh, at the beginning of the season last year when I believe Marvell Wynn was injured. Yep. Um, he looked pretty promising as a rookie and for some reason, Kinnear just does not let him play much like Tommy Thompson. Um, so Colby just got sent down to, I think it's Reno, is their minor league affiliate. Um, so he would be a great alternative that also could probably start, but now he's not there. Sean Francis is 3,500. He's probably playing left back. So if you play Lima and you're really nervous about it, save a $1,000. And at that point, maybe you just want to go with somebody else.
1: Colby Sarcote is not going to get a call?
2: I don't think so. I usually roll the dice. So, I mean, I'm fine with putting Lima in if, if he doesn't play, he doesn't play. But, uh, I realize not everybody has the same risk tolerance as me.
1: Skylar, is there a late game hammer from this game?
2: Yeah. Wando. Oh, all right. No, I think it's, (laughs) it's Hosen. If you're, if you're in a pickle and you have Hika, maybe you go to Hosen.
3: Hmm. Yeah, hmm. I still think Wando, I mean, he's going to be the guy on PKs. He's he's the guy that's been in the league, scored.
2: Yeah, honestly, the late-game hammer is probably someone from Montreal. I was
1: just about to say, Montreal probably has a few more options, but um, are you really It's probably gonna... Mancosu was...
2: or—I don't know, yeah. Are,
1: are you going to go beyond Piotti or Mancosu? I guess Iongo maybe?
2: Yeah, I think Ayango was in my, my first draft, and then I took him out just because I, I went with a different type of lineup construction. But there's also, who was I thinking? Um, oh, if Adoro doesn't start, Romero has been starting some on the right wing in the preseason. He was excellent a couple of years ago, and then he had a bad injury. He just didn't get back at all last season. Um, but he's pretty good on the right wing. He's more of a chance creator, whereas Adoro is just a total speed guy break through the defense and hope he can muster a finish that he usually does not. Um, so I don't, I don't know Romero's 3,600 for a, a veteran playmaker. That's a really good price.
1: It's a tough to fill though, if he doesn't start.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, that's, I guess Tommy Thompson is maybe going to start. He's 4,200. So let me see if anyone else is in that area. No, not really. Unfortunately, Patrice Burn actually in the midfield. Patrice Bernier is thirty nine hundred, and if he doesn't start, it's probably going to be Callum Malice at thirty two. Oh, that's a- I don't. I don't you think that's how want- you're winning
3: GPPs.
2: No, you don't want any of them. But if you really got stuck with Romero, then yeah, you would have to find out ahead of time that there was something that was leaning Romero over Adoro. But
1: yeah. Yeah. Let's hope you don't have to get to that point. Yeah. Um, I guess
2: Hika. I like Hika a lot this game. Um I I haven't seen too much of him, but everything says he's kind of the creator in San Jose. So fifty nine hundred, he's a good alternative to some of the other guys we talked about like Roos
1: Skylar, if you're just looking for a goal, do you think you'd go Wando over Piati?
3: Yes. I do. Um no. Wando's cheaper than him, isn't he? I'm sure. For, probably, for yeah, probably. Oh yeah,
2: Piotti's really expensive. Yeah. But
3: Yeah. Yeah. If I'm looking for a goal, I mean, I think Wando's gonna score opening night. Okay.
2: Man. So... Piotti's one of the biggest game changers in the league, though. And we he's could... going against Nick Lima, who has never started an MLS match.
3: If it was at Montreal, I'd probably say Piotti, but I feel like the home again, I I know we kinda don't see eye to eye on this hundred percent, JD, but I I feel like the home Field advantage, especially opening weekend. You wanna you know you wanna impress your crowd, you wanna get off on a good foot. So But everyone's pumped like for window. opening
2: weekend. The the away team is more excited than they usually are for an away game.
3: Yeah, I hear you. I'm pumped I, about we, opening weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Let's
1: go. All right, let me let me put it really to you though. Who do you think has a better chance of winning Houston or San Jose? Ooh. Good
3: one. San Jose uh,
2: definitely has a better chance of winning.
3: I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I think San Jose. Okay. Um, Houston's kind of a long shot.
2: Actually, Houston-Montreal is a better question. Well, I was going with Houston. two home games. but Houston. You think Houston, Skyler? Yes.
3: If it's between those two. And you know me, I'm always going to pick the home team.
2: I guess so. <laughs>
1: All right, let's jump to Sunday. That was the full Saturday slate. We've got a three-game Sunday slate, 5, 7.30, and 9.30 p.m. Eastern kickoffs. First one is Orlando City hosting New York City FC. Orlando City, super pumped because they're opening up a new stadium as well. Um, we've got a few new guys on this team um, and a few who are obviously who are no longer there. Kevin Molino, we mentioned earlier, who's not there. Kaká's still there. Kyle Lahren's still there. Uh, MPG still there. Uh, any other guys, any of the new guys um, kind of catch your attention?
3: I don't know about new for Orlando City, but some of the guys I think that might have um, a little bit uh, bigger role this season, like Carlos Rivas, for instance. I'm pretty excited to see what he's going to do. Um, with Molino gone, I think he's going to have a lot more opportunity. So, and I'm I'm interested to see how Giles Barnes fits into. I know he's that's kind of been a uh, little bit of a uh, hot topic, or not so much of a hot topic, but at least a recent topic. Uh, the big trade of massive trade blockbuster, <laughs> which uh, I can't believe they of, let
1: two superstars like that switch sides.
3: That was like an NBA deadline deal. It was incredible.
1: It was like yeah, magic it was for it was like Jordan too, for right? magic.
3: Yeah. And right after you uh, led the pod, the initial opening. Season <laughs> podcasts out with me going off on Breck Shea and how he's going to have a big year, and then he gets traded. traded. So
2: you're really loving him in Orlando this preseason,
3: <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks.
2: <laughs> oh gosh, Man. uh, we'll no, get
1: to I, him I, later. I don't you worry, we'll get to him.
2: Uh, Orlando, I don't know, I think it's Kaka and Laren, and okay. maybe MPG if you're feeling saucy, but. Yeah. That once again, they're all returning, so they're all kind of priced pretty fairly. Laren maybe is a, at a little bit of a discount. Remember, he's really young, so he's still growing. And a lot of people think he's pretty much the best young forward in the game, even uh, competing with Jordan Morris, if not above him. Mm-hmm. So it, they want to score to open up their new stadium. NYCFC is not notoriously a, a strong defense, although maybe they turn that around this season. I don't know. But um I think there's goals in this one for sure. I think NYCFC may have the more enticing fantasy options nonetheless. Um but Orlando, I mean, Christ plays a very defensive formation. He plays a four four two diamond, most likely. Jason Christ revenge game. It's a Christs revenge game, yeah, big time. And uh he won a championship with the four four two diamond. They play very narrow. Um solid defensively and then hope you get a goal uh on the break or on a set piece and that's kind of going to be orlando's recipe so the one thing about that formation is orlando since they play very narrow they're going to be susceptible on the wing so there may be more crosses for for an opposing side like NYCFC.
1: okay okay skylar who do you like in this game that's not kaka Larin, or via
3: uh mentioned him a little bit ago, Carlos Rivas. Mm-hmm. Uh again, maybe uh maybe I'm I'm reading into it a little bit too much, but I just think with Molino gone, um and a lot of the kind of what I'm hearing from preseason is that he's gonna have a lot lot more opportunity to kind of live up to that D P tag that he's got. And we've seen, you know, certain instances before when he's given the start and everything kind of lines up for him, then he's done really well and uh he's his game fits the DraftKings format too. So on a three game Sunday slate and 5,000 bucks, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to have some exposure to him. Um, other than him, then maybe, uh, Perez Garcia. I will say too, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that PC who's supposed to be their starting left back on Sunday. I think he's listed as a midfielder on DraftKings. Ah, it's only, he's only 3,500, which I probably would have played him at, at defense, but probably not going to go there as a midfielder.
1: Um, GD, have any thoughts on Jack Harrison?
2: How much is Jack Harrison? I didn't 50, really have him in the 5, Fifty three hundred. Fifty three hundred? Uh oh, is he a midfielder? Yes. So I was looking in the wrong spot. He's okay, he's fine. I think Maxi Morales at sixty two hundred is kind of worth paying up for from Jack Harrison, though.
3: Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, I missed that, missed that one.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I th- I mean, he's going to play kind of a traditional number 10. Maybe he gets bumped out to the wing for, for a short period of time, but it sounds by all accounts like he's going to be one of the new, great, creative, smaller players uh, that's kind of setting up David Villa all the time. Mm-hmm. I think he probably has the capability to take free kicks, I would imagine, right, Skyler?
3: Over Pirlo? Yeah, I think so.
2: Um, uh, it, I forgot that that's the only reason they have Pirlo. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, Pirlo, Pirlo is going to definitely be over um, free kicks and stuff still, but Morales definitely has to be eating into some of that set piece share. I mean, he's he's too yeah. talented not to.
2: Man, uh, Pirlo is like a Wando or a Dempsey, <laughs> it might be addition by subtraction because mm-hmm. now they have uh, a young 19-year-old from Man City academy that loaned over to nycfc um Yonhel herrera mm-hmm. they have alexander ring who has been by all accounts like an engine in the midfield yeah this preseason so those two i think with maxi morales on top of them in a triangle would be an amazing uh kind of four three three for patrick Vieira. but pirlo has got to play um i think they'll yank him often though in the 60 or 70th minute for sure it I like, seem NYC... like
1: a... Sorry, go um, on.
2: I was going to say, I really like NYCFC this year. I think a lot of people are sleeping on them being a potential contender for MLS Cup. Mm. Doesn't a seem like of, there's I mean, a spot the...
1: for Tommy Mac.
2: Tommy Mac's a starter right now, man. You think so? By all accounts.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
2: I mean, I don't think he's going to always be a starter, but... They have uh, their draft pick, Lewis, is with the USU 20s, so that opens up a spot on the wing, perhaps. I think one of their other midfielders they recently acquired is kind of battling through an injury. Is that Camargo is injured, or maybe Herrera was the... I wasn't sure if Camargo
1: was going to start over McNamara.
2: Yeah, at first it sounded like Camargo was kind of their big new playmaker, but then they got Maxi Morales, too, so... I don't know. They have a ton of depth. I mean, yeah. John Sturzer from RSL is a good defensive midfielder that found his way uh, just via a tryout. They brought in Rodney Wallace, who can play left back or any of the wings. Um, they have a ton of ton of players. Um, they might be one good defender short of a, a great dominant team. Mm. But it looks like Moderita is staying.
1: Yeah, it does finally?
2: Yeah, he got his. I don't know if it was green card or some kind of international papers, along with two other guys today. I think Jack Harrison and um, Jack Harrison and somebody else. So now they they fit their international spot um, requirements. Mm-hmm. And Matarita's one of the best defensive options on DraftKings week in week out. So that's exciting.
1: Do you guys want to pay ten thousand eight hundred for David Villa?
2: For sure. Okay. I'm not opposed to it.
3: Um. Yeah, definitely. Three games. I was just about to say, the, well, the next uh,
1: game yeah. is Atlanta hosting the Red Bulls, so you're paying 10 um, 8 for VIA, which means you're not paying 11 one for BWP.
3: Does that yeah, feel right? I'm, I'm, I'm VIA over BWP on with that pricing. I mean, even without the pricing, even if uh, BWP was a little cheaper, I'd probably be VIA over BWP.
1: Okay. Okay, you feel the same way, J.D.?
3: Um, according to his rankings, he does. Oh,
2: yeah. Well, the only thing is, BWP plays Concacaf Champions League tonight. Mm-hmm. If he didn't, I think I'd be BWP in this one because, um, uh, I don't know. Atlanta just feels like a team that could let up some goals as well. Although Orlando could too. They're talent wise the same, but Atlanta's going to play a lot more open and yep. quick and be more susceptible to mistakes, I think. So, um, I think Orlando's kind of going to pack it in, although it's the opener for the home crowd. So maybe there's going to be a little extra offensive juice that opens them up. I don't know. We'll see.
1: I'm looking at, um, Miguel Almiron at 5,700 and forward eligible. That seems like a pretty good move. I guess Joseph Martinez is 5,200, um, if you think that or, or that excuse me Atlanta is going to score are those the two kind of the first two guys that you look for
2: Hector Vialba has Villalba. had a good preseason as well yeah so those are the three guys i would say and yeah. that's assuming Kenwin Jones is now uh the backup forward it's crazy cuz
1: yeah, you can Martinez have those. Is... i mean uh it's 5700 5200 5100 and 5000 i mean that seems like it's pretty easy picks. It's just a matter of getting each one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and Yamil value. Assad is has been scoring from distance in the preseason. He looked good. He's fifty four hundred in the midfield. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, it's tough. It's a toss up. I think uh, Joseph Martinez is the guy that I would I would look at first. Almirone is going to be a great playmaker. He's kind of in there with the Knox and the. Well, he's probably better than Hika. And probably better than Rusnak. I think Al Marone could be a, a really sneaky candidate for a, maybe one of those three MVP spots if everything goes perfectly.
1: Um he was on, but I he's not a goal scorer. Of, I saw him bag a penalty earlier in the preseason.
2: Yeah. He um he's not quite as much of a goal scorer as you would want from uh a, a top price midfielder, but he's right in the next level. Like he's he's much more preferable than a Lee Win to me.
1: hmm
2: Well that's I mean, what does that and, say? And honestly, I mean, he might be up there with a caca by the end of the season in terms of a little bit of scoring touch, but also uh, lots of set-piece duty and creating.
1: Okay. Um,
2: I love I'm I'm as high on him as anyone, I think.
1: uh, How high are you on Sasha Kletchen at 9,800?
2: Usually I'd be all right in this matchup, but like I said, he's going to play probably a full 90 tonight unless the Red Bulls get up two goals in Vancouver mm-hmm. um so I'm probably a little hesitant to play him and he who knows maybe he won't start if they have a really draining game tonight
1: would you so would you prefer kaká 94 the midfield is very weird on this slate it's it's those two guys 9800 Kledgton, 94 kaká and then the next highest is Bolaños at 71
2: yeah um, i'm a sucker for the storyline so kaká opening up orlando stadium is probably to me more preferable to question on two and a half days rest uh they had to fly from they're gonna have to fly from vancouver to atlanta which i mean it's tough to find a much more grueling trip in mls than that and jesse marsh is not happy about it if anyone has read his comments
1: jesse marsh not happy about something
2: (laughs) i mean vancouver gets to play at home then they don't have to go anywhere and yeah The annoying thing I think Marsh thinks is then from Atlanta, you have to go... They might have a home game, but then they go the whole way back to the West Coast for a game or two. Mm -hmm. So it's like they're already out there. Why not just give them a a mini road trip?
1: Fair. Fair. Um, Skylar, anyone else from the Red Bulls that catch your eye? Gonzalo Varone going to trap us again?
3: Probably not. Uh, I'm not even... I do like them in a uh, matchup against an expansion team, but I just I feel like Atlanta is going to have a strong team. Um, I want to see them first before I'm all in on all aboard on them. But I'm, the value definitely is with Atlanta players. I just uh, BWP in question are are too expensive for me, and those are really the the main guys I would look at from them. Yeah,
2: I think I mean Grella probably is going to play for somebody in the next game, assuming he's not starting tonight. So he's 5,000. That's a good value against a a defense that hasn't proven anything yet. Uh, And Royer is only 40. uh, I lost him. Royer is 4,300, and he would be a really good value if he starts as well.
3: Yeah, he's actually caught my eye in preseason. He was somewhat fantasy relevant last season. And, uh, he's
2: awesome. He's really good. He's he's a hard worker, and he he kind of does everything you'd want from a a winger,
3: right? It fits DraftKings well too. He he picks up points across the board, so I like that. I like that play. Yeah. And if if there's anybody besides those guys, BWP and and question, then Royer's probably it for me.
1: Are you really gonna take Grello though over those over the Atlanta attackers who are all within two hundred bucks? Miron's the only one who's not so it's you know the album jones and martinez there's
2: there's definite opportunities to get both of them if you play like a kaka Laren, you could play both if you play a david Mm -hmm. via kaka you could play both
1: yep well both what
2: grella oh grella and whoever you want from atlanta
1: yes yes um if you do that though, then you can't get Freddie Montero, who am fine in, with that. <laughs> Who's in He's our next in... game? That was my yeah. attempt at, uh and moving on A segue. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So last game is Vancouver hosting Philly. Obviously, we have this game is so gross. It's um, yeah. It's it seems pretty gross. Um, I read that I think um, Gooch might start. Which, yeah, he's
2: going to start and he is which kind of puts looking, this whole game
1: into perspective for me.
2: He's looking ugly.
1: Um so I think the only player I want to see in this game is Alfonso Davies. And I'm only th- saying that because Skyler has me so convinced that Alfonso Davies might be the next Messi.
2: Alfonso <laughs> Davies has more <laughs> hype this preseason in fantasy than I can ever remember anybody having,
3: mm-hmm. hype,
2: mostly because of his price,
3: but and his position. I right? Mean, no, I mean fantasy it's, sites have him as a defender, and he's been playing, you know, mostly as, as a you know forward or in the attack as a, a, a wide midfielder. So
2: I totally get it, but he had significant minutes last year, and I don't think he scored. I don't think he assisted in MLS play last year. Uh, he's Obviously amazing. I really like him, but putting it into perspective, everybody is going to have him, especially in the season-long MLS game. And the chances that he meets expectations are, like, so slim. And he might play significant minutes tonight and then not play at all on Sunday. I mean, who knows?
3: He had a couple of goals last season. Um,
2: in the, and- I don't think it was in MLS. I think it was in, like, Canadian Cup or something.
3: Um, I think he – I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was. But it was – I mean, it was enough to kind of open my eyes just to what he's – I mean, he's like 16 or something. He was like 15 when he scored. So it's like – I mean, the guy's got a ton of potential. and
2: I totally agree. He's going to play in a huge league in Europe if he wants to, and he's going to be phenomenal. But I'm framing it in the window of right now, what's he going to do for my fantasy team when – 50% of the other people I'm playing against also own him.
3: Right. If he starts, I mean that's it's going to be hard to fade 3700 as a defender who's playing out of position. I'm I'm not going to be that guy that's you know trying to get a little little you're also, and...
2: Yeah, but you're also not going to know if he's going to start.
1: I was just about to say if he doesn't start, you're you're looking at some sort of center back late game hammer. Yeah. You're looking at Mark I'm not, oh no, I'm, Mark Bloom you know me, I'm played.
3: never opposed to a little center back league <laughs> uh, I'm not afraid.
2: I'm totally considering him, and if he doesn't play tonight, I think he's gonna start on Sunday. So I mean we could probably save a lot of time by checking out if the lineup is out for that game yet.
3: You know who the biggest threat to his playing time is? Now that he's Rick in Shea. show Shea. <sighs> <laughs> you Shea. <sighs> he must be so torn. Yeah, really. If Breck Shea was still a defender playing as a playing up top or as a wide mid, then I'd probably like him a lot more, but I don't know. All
2: right, so here's the deal. Oh my god. I I, was, I I'm
3: looking
1: it. at it too. I I,
2: <laughs> I can't believe what <laughs> I, I'm looking at. I don't know what's going on because they have people in positions I've never seen them play. Uh-huh. They have. is listed um, as
1: a defender here. Yeah, well, just wait for it, Skyler. Hold on. Okay, yeah. so
2: atop, <laughs> they're, they're playing a 4-2-3-1 tonight against Red Bulls. Atop the formation is Breck Shea Uh-oh. As the, as the number 10. Or oh. uh, the number 9, sorry. Number 9, yeah. Number 10 is Kakuta Mane. Um Davies and Russell Teibert are on the wing, but I'm pretty sure Teibert is going to play defensive midfield, and Marcel De Jong who is a winger, but mostly has been playing left back in mm-hmm. MLS, is going to be uh, on the wing. So they, I don't think the formation's right. So they have a fullback by trade at striker and right wing. And uh, then they have, I guess, a, a pretty decent back line. Yep. So they're obviously playing very defensively. Uh, the
1: Red Bulls are going
2: all out. <laughs> the Red Bulls are going to destroy them, I have a feeling. Yeah,
1: it's every, I mean, everybody that you would think would start for the Red Bulls are start is starting.
2: Yeah, I will say this. Vancouver's home crowd is going to give them a big boost. The Red Bulls had like 3,000 people for their first leg last week. Oh, that was so disappointing. Sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure Vancouver is going to get close to 20,000 people for this
3: game. <clears throat> I don't wow. think New York's going to crush them. I think Vancouver might, might advance.
2: They could get lucky just because New York isn't in... Like, they're not connecting offensively yet, but, I mean, this, if it was a late summer game, the Red Bulls would destroy them. You would think. Yeah. It's yeah. its all I mean... up to Kakuta Mane to completely dominate this match, and I don't know if he's going to. And this is bad news for the Davies' play, because right. Christian Bolaños is kind of working his way back from injury. He was questionable for this one. Yeah, he's not so even he's in the 18 he's probably going to get in. No, he's then, not in the um, eighteen. No. Oh yeah. I'm saying Sunday. He oh, Sunday. Yeah. In. Yep. 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 And then also Freddie Montero is going to be in. So I don't know if there's a spot for Davies because Takara is suspended for this and he'll play on Sunday as well.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On paper than the match, I mean the, the lineups, then yeah, Red Bulls look way stronger, but um, I think when I watched, watched the first leg and, and Vancouver looked like they were, I mean, they did hold their own. It was one, one
2: with the first the end leg the game, at New York. Yeah. At the end of the game, I think New York had a ton of chances they were unlucky not to bury. So it'll be interesting to see if their fitness kind of pays off at the end of this one, too.
1: This game looks like it's a midweek July match in New Jersey. And that Vancouver just sent like the nine guys they could find and then
3: (laughs) And that's the sad thing, is that that's I mean, that's we're gonna see a lot of those those guys throughout the season. They really don't, other than like Montero. And yeah, you mentioned Bolaños and, and Takara, like those well, are their, that's their core yeah. right there. Cucuta, Mane, and well, yeah. yeah Mane and
2: Jordi Reynia Jordi was their other big signing and he's out until the summer. Now he
3: got hurt. So. Right. That was unfortunate. Uh,
2: there's, I think ESPN is a site that had a bunch of their uh, so-called soccer writers. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Trump saying so-called, <laughs> so-called judges, so-called soccer writers, um, Picked Vancouver, like a couple of them, picked Vancouver to win the MLS Cup. Wow. And I, th- I think a lot of people are picking Vancouver to be like a bottom four or five team. They have a lot of potential, but I think way too many people are buying into Freddie Montero, um, well, who I... really hasn't, he hasn't had that much success the last couple of years since he left MLS. So I don't know. I think Philadelphia is also getting a lot of flack in this Sunday matchup. A lot of people think Philadelphia is going to have a bad time, but Vancouver's playing tonight and I, I think the Union have some pieces. So Alejandro Bedoya is playing in the number 10 yeah. and he's only 4600, so that's notable.
1: Um was the would was, was the Vancouver uh picks for MLS Cup before the Brexit trade or after? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I don't think it really justifies it either way. <laughs> Probably after. I don't know. Ugh. It Go read it. it. It was pretty pathetic. I don't know if they were drunk or what.
1: Is there is there anyone else from from Philly that you would consider other than Bedoya?
2: Uh, Ilsenio, if he plays on the wing, I think I like him a lot. He's been having a good preseason, taking a lot of shots from distance. But the the big troublesome thing with Philadelphia is they have no solution at forward. Yeah. Um, they're kind of hoping that they can pull a Bradley Wright Phillips with their Jay Simpson signing who he has a little bit of premier league experience, but he's also played in the, the lower three tiers of English soccer. Um, Supposedly he was all right in the preseason. We will see he's 4,500. So if you just want to trust a a random forward, uh, (laughs) be my guest. Sounds awesome. And I don't think Chris Pontius can come close to his, amazing season last year uh that was kind of a, a one-off i think he's a a solid winger but nothing too special
1: yeah yeah scott do you think anything about philly
3: i don't i think jd pretty much covered it all um i i know vancouver's playing tonight but i that they'll still have a few days to recover i like them to to get the job done again there's a like home and uh I don't know. I like uh, I like Montero. I will say that I, I'll temper the expectations. I think I hyped him a little, maybe a little overhype on the initial podcast. I think I said something like 20 goals. That's crazy talk. I don't think he's going to score <laughs> 20 goals.
2: Wait, but now he has Shea, too, so you're combining superpowers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From it could be Shea. 30 he's goals.
3: Right. <laughs> so I think he'll have a good season, but he's, like JD said, he's coming in um, kind of in a little bit of a rut the past couple of seasons, and I don't know if he's fully match fit. So I think like the first few games he might play 60, 70 minutes. Um, But he's, he's a fun player to watch. I'm looking forward to him playing. We'll see how it translates to fantasy. But from this game, I think uh, Kakuta Mane is actually a really good value. 5,900. He's kind of one of the main guys I've got my eye on. I do want to see who starts if uh, Bolaños or Takara start. Mm -hmm. uh, Because those are going to be your set piece takers. Yeah. But Mane's looked really, really good in preseason, and and I think 5900 is a good price.
2: Yeah, I like that too. This this slate is a lot of fun as well. The Friday-Saturday early one is two games, and I usually hate those, but that's fun. This Sunday slate is fun. Um, so it's going to be a good opening weekend, regardless of what contests we have to play. Hmm. Cool. i'm so excited to get started it's been fun just talking about it following the teams throughout the preseason arguing already about different players
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right cool yeah let's uh time to get into it and so guys thank you very much for all of that we went a little long but uh first of the season it's the you gotta, first week. Yeah, you gotta go big so uh thank you for that and good luck this weekend good
2: luck everybody good luck
3: guys
0: Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.
4: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.